Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today our featured guest is Matt Zerbin, and our topic is, What's my life purpose, and am I really fulfilling it? Now, again, this podcast isn't about who our guest is or what they've done. It's about what they stand for. So, Matt, let's get into this. Let's get right down to business. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? All right. Well, when it comes to, should we talk about the actual topic or? No, let's start with that first and then we'll get right into the topic. Don't be rushing me. Jeez. So. Why is the world not working? So. I got to put a different spin on it, right? So I think um, it's not that it's not working for, you know, for some it is, for some it isn't. But um, at the end of the day, when we, when, we, when we look out, we can see a lot of problems with the world, right? So we turn on social media and the, and the news, and um, obviously there's more signs to point towards the world is not working than it is. Um, but um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, people lose themselves. Um, they don't have purpose. They can't find purpose. And I think that's a big issue nowadays. Um, if you don't mind leading into the actual conversation <laughs> Matt really about... wants to get right into it so obviously you just took us there that was yeah. a really beautiful segue I was thinking about that, bro that right? was such a great segue man you should like sit over here and like interview me or something I think be the host <laughs> we're gonna be bumping yeah. so our guest host today is, is Matt Zervin so Matt go right there bro take, <laughs> take the conversation where you want to go right this isn't scripted this is just you and I having a discussion and our listeners are part of it so you're saying the reason, just to clarify, the reason why you think that the world isn't working is that it's because so many people don't have their purpose figured out. Like, right. why am I here? Exactly. Like, what, what's my life all about? Exactly. So, talk to us about that. You know, let's go right into it. Um, and, and I'm going to just get personal real quick. Okay. okay? Uh, first off, do you have your life purpose figured out? And I'm not calling you out, but I'm calling you out. I think it's getting closer to the point where I can actually understand it. Uh, I still haven't figured out how to, um, how to, how to act on it and how to mm. fulfill it. But it's getting closer and closer to being able to, you know, tone in on it. Uh, obviously, I'm 35 years old, so I've kind of been through the life experiences that taught me a lot. Uh, I've been through a lot of challenges, and um, through that. Um, you know, at this point in my life, it's it's a lot easier to hone in on exactly what um, what my purpose is, and you kind of reflect back on the last thirty five years, and you look for little clues here and there, right? As All you those grow little up, clues. As you grow up, um, you know the people that what they say to you, the thing, the people that kind of acknowledge your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, as as you get older, you kind of Uh, start to understand the possibility of uh, this might be it right this might be my purpose this might be where I should be going Um, and going back to my childhood um, I was one of those kids that everyone just had a lot of expectations from right Mm. so from my uh, parents of my friends to my own parents just always gave me so so many compliments right so 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 much positivity and so much expectations it ended up being something on my mind throughout my life and it was kind of really a struggle because I wasn't getting there but so many people expected me to do great things and to you know to 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 go in some kind of path where they could look back and say you know what 
that makes all sense, right? That made that. Yeah. I knew he would. He would do something great. So, so what I'm hearing you say, right, is first off, it's a positive thing, right? Because right. you grew up in as a child where there's a lot of uh, affirmations, patting on the back, Matt, you're gonna be somebody. This is what I'm hearing you say. Don't let yeah. me put words in your, yeah, exactly. your mouth, right? right? So that sounds good, right? And a lot of people, uh, several of our listeners, many of our listeners didn't grow up in that environment, right? right? They had the opposite, right. right? Nobody patting them on the back, right? So you grew up in that, and they're probably, you know, someone's listening right now, and they're like, oh, poor you, right? It's like you grew up with all this positive pat on the back affirmations. You're going to be somebody. you got all these talents and gifts. Mm-hmm. However, you're sharing this as if it's a negative thing. So kind of go there. Like, how are, you, how are you seeing that? Explain that to me, please. So the negative aspect of that is the amount of pressure you end up putting on yourself to find that person. I mean, that purpose, right? So a lot of people go through life. Um, they can end up being, you know, 40, 50, sometimes even 60 or 70 years old. And they still have a hard time finding the answers to, you know, to their true purpose. So starting... Um, feeling early on um, that pressure, you know, from people kind of, you know, led to a lot of disappointments, a lot of depression, a lot of, you know, why am I not there yet? You know, things like that. So it was a little bit of a challenge, uh, you know, growing up. Uh, I remember when I moved to, to the United States, I came from Poland. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I just really stood out in right away, I couldn't speak anything but I was an amazing athlete, right? So I was awesome in soccer. Any sport I touched, I was really, really good at it. So going through, you know, going through school and um, everyone thought I was gonna be a professional athlete. You know, it's pointing in that direction that, uh, you know, Matt is amazing in soccer. I was all state in New York. Um, really good at baseball. I walked on to uh, the UT baseball team and started right away and, um, and then um, ended up breaking my hand twice in one year. Uh, went through the rehab process of you know getting myself back to actually trying to get back on the field again. And as soon as I come back, it happens again. I get hit with a pitch right in the hand and it shatters my hand. Um, so let's stop there for a second. What showed up for you in that, right? The same thing, right? That's such a random occurrence. You get hit right. by a pitch in your right. hand and shatter, right? And then you rehab and then you come back and the right. exact same thing happens. What's going through your mind right there? So it was, it was probably, probably one of the most difficult times of my life because sports and um, being an athlete is all I knew at that time. Mm-hmm. That's so, such a common story. Yeah. Lots so, of athletes, yeah. So, you know, every morning you wake up, you go to practice, you're, you surround yourself around friends that are doing the same thing. Your, your life is consumed in it. So when that began to happen, I, I really got scared. I was like, what if this isn't my path? Right? What if this isn't my purpose? And maybe because this keeps happening to me, maybe it's not supposed to be. Right? So Did that scare you? It was it how was, much? Yeah. It was scary. I, I mean, I instantly after I decided that I it was no longer worth it for me to go back on a field um, because I just kept getting hurt. Right? I kept getting hurt, and um, so. So then I, I decided this is it for me. And with that decision came instant depression, you know? So I I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I, so everything you, you knew, which was sports, you know, being an athlete and you were darn good at it. mm -hmm. You're getting all the pats on the back, right? You're, you're showing up and boom, they're starting you right at the top. And now it's taken away from you, right? Literally stripped from you. Boom. Depression. Yeah. I get that. Absolutely. So take us there. So uh, this was my sophomore year in, uh, in college. And um, during that time, I, you know, I had a girlfriend. And that was kind of shaky, too, because obviously, you know, dealing with your own emotions and then having someone else in your life 
uh, put a lot of challenges on our relationship. So it was a really, really uh, testing time for me. Um, and right after I kind of accepted the whole fact that, you know, I'm probably not going to be a professional athlete anymore. This isn't probably going to be my life. Um, I started asking the questions, what is, you know, what is going to be the next five years um, of my life? And, and that's when I became an entrepreneur. Um, and I became a true entrepreneur. I mean, I'm 35 years old. Nobody has ever, since I was 15, paid me. You know, I found ways to build businesses, sell businesses, and did pretty well for the most part. Um, so that was my next thing, right? This was my, holy crap, I can really do this. You know, I'm good at it. Um, uh, most people can't just, you know, not have a job and, um, and get paid somehow by creating a product, creating a service, creating a business. So uh, during that time, it kind of shifted, right? It shifted from, all right, maybe I'm supposed to be a professional athlete to now maybe I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. And this is my calling, right? How did you make that shift though? So that's a big jump, right? Yeah, it is. So you got the question? Mm -hmm. So the transition was obviously coming from a world of sports. My friends were all athletes. Um, when I had now time to focus on other things, I became acquainted with other people that were now not athletes, were kind of entrepreneurs and were tr trying to build their own businesses. So surrounding myself around those people just kind of brought different opportunities and different, um, uh, you know, different things that I could spend my time on. Um, now, let me ask you this. Did you have to go out and create that new environment of people or did it just kind of show up? It came naturally. Um, it, How do you mean that? Uh, well, the university I went to is kind of filled with that type of environment, you know, so you either are, are an athlete or uh, University of Tampa has a very, very strong business program. So there's a lot of people inspiring to be entrepreneurs. There's a lot of people inspiring to be in business. So it's kind of a natural tran transition um, uh, of switching the environment, you know, from one sector of people to and and some athlete friends you know they were also wanting to be entrepreneurs so i'm not kind of you know dividing them into little groups um so it's, it's also a natural transition for a lot of uh celebrity athletes right right after they sure. finish sports they retired they're like i got all this money let me go build a business or philanthropic efforts or whatever but very entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. So I get that. Yeah, please continue. So through that time, another set of challenges came through where, you know, obviously being uh, an entrepreneur comes with a lot of challenges. You go to one of the Stop. most expensive schools Stop. in town. You know, there's there's a lot of tuition costs and things like that. And just just to get by, I mean, you got to make money. And being an entrepreneur takes time. I mean, it takes a lot of time, a lot of struggle. You probably are not going to see a lot of rewards, you know, during the first year, sometimes two years. Um, so during that time, I started to feel a lot of pressure from the people that uh, didn't really think it was the right direction for me. They thought just go out, get a job, right? How so they're projecting go do uh, get the security, get the nine to five, exactly, which is so typical, right? Play it safe. Especially of the older generation, exactly, because that's what they did. That's uh -huh. all they know. Mm -hmm. So they're projecting that on you. How did you kind of resist that or create your own path through all of that? So it really came down to trying to understand myself and trying to understand my strengths um, and knew that I would be good at it if I really put my effort into it, except... How did you know that? Like, you're an athlete. How did you know you're going to be good at business? So I think the main reason is because I hated working for other people. <laughs> I think that's the really the, the number one reason. I remember, I think I shared this story with you when I was 15. I worked on a, a farm in the middle of the night, 
picking corn, right? That was my first job. Corn cob. Where, corn on the cob. Corn you on the it. cob, yeah. So when I sit down and eat my corn on the cob, that came from Matt. Yeah, exactly. Since we're both from Long Island, probably did. <laughs> hey, my audience doesn't want to know that. <laughs> so this was one of your worst jobs. That was one of my worst jobs. So that was my first taste in, you know, working for other people. And my boss was was really tough, you know, um, uh, there were other people that worked on the farm with me that were kind of nasty to me. And just, I got a, I got a feel for the whole environment of, you know, I got to make some money. Therefore I got to go get a job. It doesn't matter what kind of job, I just got to make some money. And I really, really got the feeling of after that experience, I don't want to do this again. You know, whether it's me sitting at a desk or in the middle of a farm field picking corn, I just don't want to do this. This isn't for me. You know, I don't think I'm going to be an asset for for the people that hire me because I'm really not going to enjoy this. And it's and it doesn't mean that was necessarily right or wrong, whether I could actually find a job that I love. But that's how I kind of brainwashed myself. Right. So since then, I just really focused on being able to, you know, create businesses, create products and services and ultimately just take care of my own, uh, you know, and not have anybody pay my paycheck. So Matt, what I'm hearing you say is that uh, you were very much at this time in your life um, for that transition, kind of like following the pain, if that makes any sense, right? So you're like, hey, I went out and I tried my first working for somebody else experience, you know, out on a field in the hot blazing sun, picking corn on the cob. <laughs> such a, I'm just making fun with that, right? But it's such a, a miserable, you created a picture for right. me, right? And, and for our audience, right? That sounds miserable. It does, right? Long hours, I'm guessing, just sweating your everything off, right? And, and you're saying, man, the pain showed up. I am not doing this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it won't be this. Exactly. Or anything that resembles this. Exactly. Yeah. So that sometimes that's enough, right, to get us started taking that next step into a transition. Right. So I, I just want to kind of like summarize what I'm hearing you say, because sometimes we'll miss some of these key insights. So you literally God gives you these talents, natural talents. Right. You didn't have to um, uh, you didn't create them. They're there. Yes, you had to develop yeah. them. You had to practice. You had to build the muscle. But you are a natural athlete. Right. Yeah. So God gives you that and you excel at everything you try athletically then God allows that to be taken from you. That's not easy. That sucks. Yeah. Right? And for a lot of people, they don't know how to cross that bridge. Right. And they could spend years and years in depression and anxiety and hopelessness and despair. On another episode, we spoke about hopelessness, uh, about suicide, and, and all these things, right? These thoughts can come from something as simple as what you're saying. Exactly. Right? It's like, so let's go there for a second. How did you not go there with your thoughts? First off, did those types of thoughts come up? And if they did, how did you transition those thoughts into something positive where, that created you taking action in a different direction rather than you dwelling upon them and letting them lead you to, down a very dark path? Right. So... Um... Basically, the... The going from, you know, losing exactly what you thought was your purpose at one point in your life. Um, and I want to kind of bring this also back to the fact that I'm, a, I'm an immigrant, right? So I came here from Poland. It was, uh, I was 10 years old. I remember how difficult it was when, um, when I had to go to school. I didn't speak any English, right? So it was extremely difficult to connect with people, to create friends and this and that. So uh, being an athlete cut through all of that because- uh, That was like your common language. Exactly, right? So, and you know, soccer in other countries, in Europe and South America is huge. Kids, you know, from, from the time they're very little, they organize games on the street and you just play all day. So when I moved here, um, and started playing soccer, what I noticed is that I didn't really have to communicate 
because when someone saw me on the field and saw me kicking a soccer ball, that was our connection. You know, they wanted to play with me. Yeah, so you didn't speak English, but you spoke soccer. I spoke soccer. And, exactly. and people spoke that language. Exactly. And they're like, hey, I want you to be on the team. And it didn't matter that you didn't speak English. Right. So immediately you're accepted into this new culture, this new society. I get that. Exactly. So, so then transitioning into, you know, this is all taken away from me. Uh, now what? Uh, going back to the experience of when I was young working on a farm, you know, I knew I didn't want to work for anyone else. Um, so trying to find my place and trying to find my footing was extremely difficult because um, a lot of people in my life didn't think I should go in that direction, right? So they they thought just go out, get a job, right? This is this is this is the American um, way, and for some people, you know, get a good job, uh, get good benefits, and all of that. So not some people, yeah, most a lot people. of people, most yeah. people, right? Um, so I struggled through that to break through that. I had to prove to people that you know that I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that came with its own challenges. And then as I was getting into my mid-20s uh, to late-20s, something ha- started happening with me where I started losing energy. I started to feel really, really just not myself because I was always a go-getter, right? I was always very energetic. I was always um, you know, working a lot and being an entrepreneur, I mean, there's no nine to five. You work from seven to midnight sometimes. To when it's done, right? yeah. So at a certain point, I started to feel like in the middle of the day, I had to take a nap. Like I was started getting really tired. I had a And how really, old were you? I was about 27. Yeah, 27 so at 27, you shouldn't be taking midday naps. That's right. just not a normal occurrence. Exactly. So, um so that was happening for for a long time i didn't know what was happening Uh, i didn't know uh exactly why i wasn't able to you know to have the energy i had even a couple years ago it was that started becoming a challenge not only a challenge but now you're putting all these goals for yourself and you're not able to reach them you're not able to reach them because there's something going on inside you that you just don't know what the heck is going on. Physiologically, Physiologically right? You're not in control of it. I, right. Exactly. It wasn't like mind over matter. It's like your body's not doing what it needs to do right. at 27 years old. At 27 years old. Was, I mean, that's the type of, that's the age where our brains are fully developed, right? Uh, this, this is the age where you're supposed to be in your prime. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't. Um, so... Uh, the new frustrations came from, all right, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I know I want to do all of these things and I have somewhat of a path and goal set for me, yet I can't accomplish that, right? Mm. There's something going on. So as years go by, more frustration builds, more for why am I not getting there? Why the business goals I had two years ago literally had barely moved right i had barely made any progress in it Mm. so that was really really frustrating and then in so stop there for a second yeah right because you still haven't and i'm not letting you get away with this you still haven't addressed my last question right but it's showing up again so i'm gonna keep asking until we get a really good answer for my listeners here is that you're going through all these obstacles these challenges roadblock 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 right What's going on inside of you? Those thoughts you said, hey, this is frustrating, right? Yeah. Now my own body is fighting against me. First, yeah. it's my, my it's injuries, right? Yeah. That, that takes away, boom, my sports career. Then I'm like, okay, let me test out you know, entrepreneurship. Man, I love entrepreneurship. Man, I'm going for this, right? And then with entrepreneurship, it's like your physical body freaking starts saying no, no, no on you right and and now i'm putting up roadblocks for you which is causing this frustration in you what type of thoughts are running through your brain at that moment go there take us there uh, it's just, it a lot of reflection as to um 
as to, again, am I on the right path? You know, is this another sign? Is this another roadblock trying to tell me something that maybe I'm moving in the wrong direction? Um, How did you wrestle that? Uh, it, it, it was difficult because I didn't have the answers. I didn't have the answer. If I knew exactly what was going on with me, I could say, all right, well, you know, maybe you're deficient in something. Maybe you're not taking care of yourself physically. If I knew the answers, I knew I could fix it, right? But at that point, it became a struggle because I didn't understand. As time was progressing, I accepted it as a norm, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought, um, you know, people would just get tired. People would just, you know, break down very easily during the day. And um, it wasn't until a few years later, um, I was on the beach playing beach volleyball, right? So I belonged to a beach volleyball team. And all of a sudden, the vision in my right eye just disappeared. Like I was almost completely blind. Well, you're looking up at a solar eclipse. I was not. Because we just had one in Tampa <laughs> yesterday. I was not. Um, I so mean, for no reason, for no, your right eye goes for blind. For no reason, my right eye became so extremely blurry. If I was to put my hand in front of my face and close my left eye, I couldn't even see the outline of it. Right. Yeah, that's pretty blind. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, uh, it freaked me out. I didn't know what the heck is going on. Um, so I went inside uh, a hotel. I cooled off. Uh, it still remained. Um, it got a little bit better as the time went by, but uh, it still freaked me out. I went home. You know, I pretty much like left the game. I didn't even talk to anyone. Didn't tell them I was... I was I was leaving. I just walked away because it was really it freaked me out. I was like, "There's something majorly wrong here. I should not be almost blind in my right eye just for no reason." Um, so when you got home, was it still occurring? So when I got home, it got a little bit better. The uh, pretty much the entire uh, blurred vision it lasted for about a week. Um, it wasn't until probably a year from that point that it, it you know it kind of regained its clariness yeah yeah so were you the typical guy that did not go to the doctor i am the typical guy that did not go to the doctor for almost a year for almost a for longer than that are you ridiculous it, That's... it was it was longer than so that. you had this blurriness in your right eye for almost a year and you didn't go get it checked out so so the major blurriness that occurred at the beach uh, kind of went away mm -hmm. but I still knew that I had some blurriness remaining mm -hmm. um, so you know I'm a researcher right being an entrepreneur you always want to find out the answers yeah, Google is your best yeah, friend Google yeah. is the best friend so um, as soon as you know I kind of came down to the realization of what happened and I started to research, I started to research online, and I became instantly 100% sure of what I had, and it, I didn't need a diagnosis. I knew I had MS. I mean, that type of incident. MS is? Multiple sclerosis. So through the research process, I, I knew that's exactly what I had. I mean, when I read exactly what that problem was and it's called optic neurotis it is very specific to what happens when you have ms mm. um, it's basically an inflammation of the optic nerve um, caused by a lesion in the in the in the brain behind mm. the nerve so as you're sitting there on google and you're researching all these symptoms you're going through one symptom after another symptom after another symptom and you're literally just checking the checking boxes you're going that's me that's me. Checking I have that. I have that too. Oh my gosh. Yep. And you're starting to get this realization. And then it hits. Oh snap. I have MS. Yep. What's going through your brain then? Um, fear. Um, fear of what? Fear of what I thought I understood what MS was. Um, that pretty much came from 
uh, knowing someone in high school that got diagnosed very early with an aggressive form of MS. And, you know, when I look on Facebook and I see through the pictures, I don't remember the last time I've seen her without a wheelchair, without um, being able to, you know, take care of herself. Um, so instantly, those memories, those, those images. informations, those yeah. images just start flooding my brain. And I could just imagine that's like the worst nightmare for an athlete. Yeah. Right? Is that your physiology is not only not going to cooperate mm -hmm. with your athletic career, but your physiology itself, your body itself could literally shut down and be crippled right. in a wheelchair for life. Sure. Ultimate nightmare. Sure. I'm getting that. So, yeah, it's true. I mean, that, that's the only recollection or understanding of the disease that I've, because I've never looked into it, right? I've never known anyone else that had the disease. Uh, only going on Facebook and seeing the constant post of the struggles of this friend that I had, you know, since high school is the only understanding that I had. So just from that, um, yeah, I was flooded with fear. I was flooded with emotions. I was flooded with uh, a lot of different things. And uh, it wasn't until I started to research a little bit more that I started to calm down a little bit, right? So uh, obviously MS is a nasty disease, but it also affects people differently. Every single person can have different symptoms because it affects your brain and your spinal cord. Mm. So, um, so as I started to do more research about the actual disease, I started to understand that that isn't necessarily my path, right? The wheelchair isn't necessarily my path. There so are other people living full lives, um, mm. doing great, you know, with the disease, right? Okay. So, so all of a sudden you had this newfound hope where you only had despair. Right. Right. And, and you realize you came to this conclusion that, hey, what I uh, knew of MS, which was that small world view of that one person mm -hmm. during my childhood, that doesn't have to be my future. Exactly. Got it. OK. So as the time went on, you know, I still didn't go to the doctor. I knew what I had. What I, was keeping you from going to the doctor other than being a guy? And I get that we're stubborn as men, but seriously, you have some like serious things happening in your life and you kind of want to hit yourself in the head with a two by four and go, why am I not going to the doctor? What was stopping you? Seriously. So one, one thing is probably just being stubborn, right? So I'm, 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 I'm a stubborn guy and I, which makes you good at sports too. Yeah, right? It makes yeah. me good at sports. Sometimes it makes me good in, you know, in my field and being an entrepreneur, uh, sometimes you got to stick to your gut, but uh, mainly because as uh, during that time, I literally quit everything. I quit everything. I gave up on life until I found some kind of answer to, I couldn't go to work, right? I couldn't wake up in the morning and just, just pretend like, you know, everything was okay. My, my emotions, my feelings just weren't really allowing me to do that just yet. So what I did during that time is I spent countless amount of hours just researching, researching about the disease, researching about people that uh, have healed themselves, you know, researching about the typical medical practice and what's involved with, uh, with the, once you go to a doctor, what's the typical process, right? Um, what medication they put you on and, and all of that. So. So I literally do. what I'm hearing you say is at that time in your life, your world is crashing around you, right. just straight up crashing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and you chose at that moment, I'm no longer participating in life. And, and you literally became consumed, it sounds like, almost obsessed in a yeah. way, right? Without painting a negative light on it. Yeah. Um, anyone I could see in this situation yeah. doing yeah, right. exactly that, myself included, obsessed with the disease itself. I need to learn everything I can about this and find possible solutions, alternatives, because I am that person, exactly. right? I don't quit. And, and it sounds like you almost applied that stubborn quality, character trait in, into this direction. Like I am going to figure this out, right. right? But at the same time, you got all this negative thoughts running through your mind, right? So 
first off, what did your daily, what did your day look like? You know, you said I spent countless hours researching this. Okay, mm-hmm. run me through that day real quick, and then how long was this uh, this period of time? Was it uh, thirty days? Was it you know uh, six months? What was that? What did that look like? So, what did your day look like? You wake up in the morning and. So I wake up in the morning and the first thing you know I would do is obviously I was in business already so I had some expectations of continuing to serve my clients and to take care of business. Um, so every morning I wanted to get that out of the way, right? So I wanted to get the stuff that I knew I had to get done you know, for my clients, the people that expected something of me. Um, I just wanted to get done with it as soon as possible. My focus was not on how do I grow my business? What's the, who's the next client? How do I go? It just, that wasn't even part of it. I so just you were just doing do the, the bare, bare minimum. minimum. Exactly. Boom. Bare minimum. Just get by. I have, uh, you know, obligations. Let me get through them. So you were still showing up mm-hmm. in your work. Yes. So you maintained integrity in that, in your word, in your work, everything else. Yeah. Boom, you let go of. So go ahead. Yeah, because, I mean, I still have bills. I still have, you know, I'm not just going to give up on that. But when it comes to, you know, expanding the entrepreneurship, trying to get to the next level, trying to find the next client, you know, trying to grow my business, that that became uh, a standstill. It, mm. it, it just came crashing down to a halt. And... Um, you know, I wanted to focus on understanding exactly what was going on inside my body. I wanted to understand as much as possible about the disease itself. Um, I wanted to, you know, hear some stories of other people. I, I just wanted to learn because in, in, in that learning is what gave me relief, mm. right? So, um, but yeah, again, I'm still stuck with those thoughts of, you're supposed to be something great. How the hell are you going to deal with this now, right? This curveball. Um, so I still had those thoughts coming in at the same time. You know, I thought I was, I was, I was doing the right thing, even though for the for the years prior to that, I knew there was something not right, or there could be something wrong with me. You know, the energy went away. I mean, the one of the biggest and most common um side effects of ms is fatigue right so fatigue is what kept me from growing within the last few years so that made a lot of sense and that was a huge relief because as someone that wanted to get to the next goal and knew i couldn't i never had an answer i'm like what what's going on Mm -hmm. now that i had an answer it brought a lot of relief right yeah there's workability in in that knowledge yeah that understanding but when it's the unknown exactly. there's no workability there uh-huh. yeah you're so you like just, walking in a dark room exactly it's like I, I can't know where I'm going I don't know what's in the room exactly so now that I knew exactly this is again before I went to the doctor so when I'm telling you're my killing friends, me smalls you're killing me <laughs> when I'm telling my friends and my you know some of my family that I have a mess, they're like, oh, you must have a diagnosis. No, I don't. It's you know, a self-diagnosis. Like, yes, uh, Google diagnosis. <laughs> so they would make fun of me. They didn't think I had it. So right? they were so not taking you serious. They weren't taking me seriously at all. I knew deep inside me, it's exactly what it was. There was no way that it couldn't be. It all made sense. All the checks were checked, right? Um, so, but I didn't care. I didn't care about what anybody I knew inside. I mean, I did care because sometimes uh, when you know you have something and other people, uh, like your fiance, for example, doesn't think you might not have it, right? You don't have the excuse of um, not doing something she wants you to do because you're fatigued, right? Stuff like that. So, um, yeah, she's like, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> exactly. You're like, no, you don't understand. Even even after the diagnosis, that still was the case. And I'm so glad that she never gave me the slack because, you know, I, one of the biggest things that, uh, that kind of I'm still dealing with is not a lot of people know I have this, right? So I haven't uh, 
came out to the world and said, you know, I have MS. And one of the reasons for that is I never wanted to be identified, right, as, mm. a, as a victim. I mm. never wanted people to look at me differently or treat me differently because, you know, of my disease. You know, it's so, interesting you say that because sometimes when others start projecting that mm-hmm. victim uh, umbrella over us, exactly. we start to hear it over and over again and a lie becomes the truth over time, right? And now we start to see ourselves as a victim. Exactly. And when we see ourselves as a victim, we lose our strength. We lose right. our power to break out of the situation, right? right? Because that's all it is in life, right? It's situations, different situations that we give meaning mm-hmm. to. Sometimes the wrong meaning, sometimes the right meaning. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is you chose... I don't want others whispering in my ear that there's something wrong with me, that I'm a victim and giving me excuses to not be powerful and play at a higher level in life. Right. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. So I didn't want, it's hard enough to, you know, to pump yourself up and to go through the day. Um, and then, you know, in another note, have other people to be whispering in your ear and kind of, you know, telling you it's okay if you don't want to do it. I hated that. You know, Mm. it's okay if you don't have the energy. I hated that, you know, because it's tough enough to go, uh, to go through it that you really need to build up a lot of positivity and a lot of strength in order to be able to do sometimes back then. I mean, I'm a lot better now and we can get into that in a minute but back then it days were really bad right so the fatigue the not being able to articulate thoughts not being able to uh, to think straight because it was affecting my brain um and so there was a mental cloudiness of cloudiness sorts. fogginess mm-hmm. all the time and uh, so i needed to for the for the time where i knew i needed to spend as much clarity as I had as possible into researching this and finding out the answers I needed to know, I didn't, I couldn't have anyone to be whispering in my ear and saying, you know, things that might essentially, you know, bring me down or, or, or just make it okay for me to, you know, to, to accept it as it is and pull up into a wheelchair and say, Mm -hmm. all right, I just don't want to move, move on anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's powerful, bro, because, you know, some people and and I'm not judging mm -hmm. in any way. It's just it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just how it is. They will, whether as men, we identify ourselves, who we are is what we do for a living, our occupation. Some people, when a situation like this happens and an illness is put on them. The temptation is so strong to now identify with that illness. And that doesn't sound like a bad thing at first. Mm -hmm. But when you identify with the illness, you're saying, I am the illness. Right. Not I have MS and I'm triumphing over it. Right. I have MS, but MS does not have me. I was just going to say that. Boom. Boom. Right. And, and that that is everything. Or and for our listeners, you're in a situation right now and, and you have a situation, but your situation does not have you. That's a very, very important distinction there. And right. really get that your situation is not your identity. Your illness is not your identity. Your excuses are not who you are. Mm-hmm. They're just what you have. Exactly. And you could trade them in for anything, anytime you want, right? Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Let's tie this back in, right? Because, you know, today's topic is, is your purpose, your life purpose. You know, what's my life purpose? Am I really fulfilling it? And we're taking, we're going on a journey with Matt right now through, you know, his, um, life purpose and and you may say well joseph you haven't really got into life purpose yeah we have are you listening life purpose shows up in the pain and in the struggle that's where you discover who you are what you're meant to do with your life what's god's plan for your life if you really want to shortcut that and kind of like get a hack of your life purpose look back on your life and look at the patterns of of the struggles and say, 
why has God allowed these things to happen in my mm. life? So for Matt right here, right? Matt, why has God allowed you to be blessed with these raw uh, talents, athletic talents, um, to be brought to the United States at an early age, right, 10 years old, and then to allow your uh, athletic talents to be stripped from you, mm -hmm. leaving you empty, mm -hmm. and then to give you uh, also, it sounds like, natural entrepreneurial talents. Yeah. And then you go forward with those, and then he allows those to be stripped in a way with your physical body not cooperating now and and allows an illness to come over your life mm -hmm. and what are the patterns looking back now matt what are the patterns that are showing up for you in your life matt zervins uh, as far as the purpose goes yeah as far as the purpose so, what is god telling matt right so you know for for other people you know it, it could be a curse uh, they could see it that way but finally after you know a moment of going through the research finding other people and how well they're doing finding different protocols that are outside of the medical uh, practice uh, that are working really good for people um, uh, I started adapting those different things and through that process I pretty much have already convinced myself that I am going to be better than I was before. I don't care what it took. I didn't care. I was gonna be a better, healthier, stronger person before this disease hit. I don't know how it was gonna happen, but I saw the possibility because of what I saw. If one person can do it, or two, three, four, but there are thousands of people now doing it, right? So it's so, like the four minute mile. So the, the second you see someone exactly. do it, it becomes possible. Right, exactly. So at that point, it, the, the fear started to subside. Mm. The, it um, loses its power. And all of a sudden, within that, that's where the purpose was born, right? So that's where my understanding became that this wasn't necessarily a curse, it was really. A gift it was it was it was a gift from God to shake you up give you something that allows you to fulfill the purpose that you have and since I was a kid I loved helping people right so I love um, motivating people I love to work with people I love uh, one of my best friends he you know he had a long-term addiction problem and you know so I remember the times where we've spent talking on the phone and so many times you know I've helped him in so many different ways to be able to deal with his own issues and uh, so at that time that's where the purpose was born really this disease was not a curse to me it was a gift this is something now that I can use in order to inspire others with a disease that maybe are not as optimistic mm. um, but it gives me now something to really focus on. It gives me not only the energy to go through it, because I know I'm not only doing it for me, but I'm doing it for other people that that have the disease, right? So you now have something bigger than you. Bigger than me, exactly. And that's what I lacked before. You know, I couldn't really find that connection where something I was doing was affecting other people. And uh, so really at that moment where I, you know, accepted it for what it was. I found different solutions and different treatments and um, focused on my health. And uh, I entered into this protocol with, um, with vitamin D, for example, that was introduced by a Brazilian doctor um, uh, a few years back that's uh, so incredible. I mean, this doctor has uh, put MS patients in an early stage, you know, because obviously when when a disease does a lot of damage, it's really hard or it takes a very long time to repair all that damage. All those lesions, you know, need to heal over time. Mm. And um, so I'm not saying that this type of protocol will work for every stage of a mess. Mm. But, but you're for, seeing it's working for you. It's working for me and it's working for thousands of other people. 95% of his patients that are in somewhat of an early stage go into complete remission, 
where they go to their neurologist that gave him the diagnosis originally and uh, they go to him two years later and he looks at the MRIs and questions whether they have MS or not, whether they made a mistake. Right? So you're, you're talking about a physical transformation, right? And this right. show, Broken Catholic, is all about transformation, how God transforms us. Sometimes it's physical. Right. Sometimes it's mental transformation. Sometimes it's emotional transformation. And many times God's number one type of transformation is spiritual transformation, right? right? Because if he heals us in our faith, then the rest can follow. Yeah, right. that's the core. So you're talking about that that uh, the physical transformation. I think it's outstanding. First off, that God has given you this. Thanks. Okay, if you could articulate your purpose, your life purpose now, that's showing up for you, and I could see it, right? Because Matt right now is, is sitting across from me in my office, and I he looks like he's about to like he wants to tackle something, right? Um, you know, I see that athleticism coming out of him, and it's like he put me on the field, put me in, coach. I'm ready to just bulldoze something, right? And and that's your that's a sign of of your fire yeah. that God put in you, your power, right? And that's where purpose is. It, it's the power from within, right? That God puts there. So if you could articulate your purpose. Sure. In one to two sentences, what would you say is showing up as Matt's life purpose, looking back on his entire life, what God has allowed in his life, where God's leading him, what is that purpose, Matt? To overcome what others foresee as a limitation and to help others overcome their limitations. So that that's really it. You know, the strength and the energy I had to put the time and effort into my health mm. was driven by if I do this, if I do this for myself, I can help others do the same thing. And Boom. That's really where the strength came from. Love it, right? And, and so many people who go through struggles, they look at struggles as this is my end. And what God wants us to know, in my opinion, is that your struggles are where your life begins. This is the beginning of his plan for you is whatever struggle you're facing right now, push through it, mm -hmm. ask him for help. Be with me, Lord, go through this exactly. with me, right? Get me through the other side so that I can look back and, and really get what you've been trying to tell me to get that. How am I meant to serve others outside of me to have that bigger than me purpose in my life by looking back on what you've allowed in my life, right? Right. And, and so many times we run from the struggles, we run from the pain. We think it's not supposed to happen. Life's right. supposed to be painless. Right. Right. We think life is supposed to be aspirin. Sure. Right. It's just one big old aspirin. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it, I don't want any pain. I just want pain relief. Sure. Right. But that's not God's plan for us. Right. God's plan for us is is pain is present. That doesn't mean it's a sadistic pain. Right. Pain is present. Right. Why? Because where there is um, sacrifice, there's also love. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so lie, laying down our life, laying down our our plans and our schemes, which tend to be selfish. Let's yeah. be honest. We're human sure. and we're prideful. Right. So uh, it's just the human condition. So you had ambitions to to be gloriful mm -hmm. to Matt. Yeah. with your life, your athletic life, right? You're going to glory Matt, right? And yeah. that's that's what it is. And that's, hey, you're a young boy. Mm -hmm. That's what we do, right? And and then after that's stripped away, you're like, hey, I'm going to build a successful multi-million dollar business, mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to glorify Matt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we sensing a pattern there, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, then God strips that somewhat away, right? And gives you this, this illness, only to like hit you upside the head with a two by four for the third time. Yeah. Hey, Matt, guess what? It's not about you. Your life is not about you. That's one of the biggest aha moments I've had, Matt, personally. Sure. Is, is Joseph's life has nothing to do with Joseph. Yeah. What? That doesn't make sense. Yes, it makes all the sense. My life is about others. Matt, your life is about others. Listeners, your life is about others. It's not about you. The second you let go of that and get what God's trying to tell you, that your life is to glorify God through others by serving others. Like Matt has finally come to that conclusion at 35 years old, yeah. which is not too long. It's just the right time for oh, Matt. It's just starting. Right? And you may be 12 years old right now listening yeah. to this. If you're getting it now, God bless you. That's the right time for you to get it. 
If you're 92 years old and you're just getting it right now, that's the perfect time for you to yeah. get it. So Matt, with that, we are going to jump into the confession round. Mm. I love that. Um, and this is the opportunity for you where we're going to lighten it up a little okay. just as we, we round this out, right? I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions and you'll have three seconds to answer each. Are you ready? Oh, jeez, I'm not good at those types. All right. Hey, that's just a story you're telling yourself. I all think right. you're very good at all these right. types of questions. All right. Just guttural response. First thing that comes. Matt, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? <laughs> Making my own decisions. Matt, what's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Responsibilities. What secret fear do you have about people? That they don't understand me. If you could be anyone for fun for the next seven days, anyone in the world, who would you trade places with? Oh, jeez. Um... Well, you're like, man, I, I would just like to experience their life for seven days. What? I, I would like to experience their life for seven days. Someone's life. Jeez. Um, all right. Uh, let's do um, Trump. Donald Trump, president of the United States. Got it. Not for the pleasures, for the difficulties. I would like to get a sense of how difficult it is. To be right, Trump. To be Trump. Whoa. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, what do you wish you were better at? I wish I was better at um, good communication. Hmm. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Um, something that will cost me my life. <laughs> like, Specifically, like diving what with the sharks without a cage. Whoa, that's so out there random. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. What makes you smile more than anything? Uh, having an impact on other people and seeing them smile. Mm, cool. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be obviously a, a professional athlete. Got it. Mm -hmm. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? Uh, Self-doubt. Self-doubt? Yeah. Got it. Imagine sometime in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. He changed a million lives nice. for the better. Nice. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? What up? What up, <laughs> my homie, son? <laughs> and last question, Matt. If you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Use life difficulties and challenges um, as fuel rather than something that potentially, you know, drags you down and puts you in, in a state of um, depression like it does for a lot of people. So uh, I believe that, you know, all the things that happen to us and especially, I mean, this is look at all the successful people in the world. A lot of them will tell you that the success and the understanding of where they're supposed to go did happen with some kind of a challenge, right? So, yeah. um, but I feel for so many people when they, when they are dealt with a challenge or are dealt with, uh, you know, unforeseen circumstances, um, they look at it completely different and it paralyzes them. It ruins their life. Got it. So Matt, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, email, I guess. Would you um, like to share? Sure. It's Matt at the number four, edgemarketing.com. So that's Matt at fouredgemarketing.com. Matt, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thanks, Amen. Thanks. Cheers. Friends. 
I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you, He's fascinated by you, and He wants to show you His awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with Him, and I'll see you on the next show.